It's Crypto Millie. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Yes, everything all in one place. And I'll allow SSJ to break it down and explain what I'm talking about. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to another episode of Legacy Keys Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about real estate, and we have a special guest um, on the show today, and I allow SSJ to introduce him. Yeah, today's episode will be about real estate and giving you insight on becoming a realtor. Uh, We also want to talk about the condition of the housing market and if it's a good time to buy or not. And uh, we would like to introduce our special guest, Trey Staples, who is a realtor in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and making things shake in the community, helping people buy and sell homes. So go ahead and talk to the people, Trey. Well, what's going on, everybody? Uh, Trey Staples, 24, real estate num- MLS number, 388 and right now, I am a real estate agent servicing all of Indiana, licensing all in Indiana, and working with Keller Williams Real Realty Group out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay, so before we dive into real estate, tell us about your background, you know, like where you grew up, uh, what high school did you go to, and, uh, you know, was it always your dream to, be, you know, become a realtor, or did you have other aspirations growing up? Um, for Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, kind of southeast side. Um, I grew up. I went to Adams a little bit. Switched over to Bunch, Tolls, elementary and middle schools, and then for high school, New Tech Academy at Wayne. Um, to be honest, I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. When I grew up, um, for a while, I thought it was gonna be a lawyer, but. The way schools, the way so much schooling was going on with that, I ended up going to school for English, which is going to be pre-law in college. Ended up dropping out of college, and from there, I, I was just kind of, I was just kind of lost to be honest. I didn't know what I wanted to be. Just kind of exploring things. All right, so then, like, what got you on the? Uh, what made real estate stick out? Like, what made real estate so appeal? Uh, so at the time, actually, before I even thought about being a realtor, I, I was working two jobs. I was working at Dick's and I was working at a place called Calico Precision Moldings. And a guy came in, I was at my job at Dick's. I'm just selling him shoes. And we end up talking. I'm telling him I'm a college student. I'm working two jobs, going, just, just doing crazy stuff. So turns out he works at a place called 4A Metals. So he tells me I should come work work with him at 4A Metals. They're always looking for good employees. His name's Jason. So uh, I end up applying at 4A Metals. I worked there for like a year. And 
I guess I've just, some people call me a people person. So I talk <laughs> a lot. <laughs> so I'm talking to him even more. And he's like, man, you know, I'm a realtor. Like he telling me he's, he's a realtor. I'm like, oh, for real? And you work here? He like, yeah, man. So he's like, you, you should probably do the same thing. I'm like, so I'm sitting here. I thought about it for like a year, no lie. I'm like, man, do I want to be a realtor? Like, what, what all goes into being a realtor? Like, how do I become a realtor? So I'm like, I ain't going to be no realtor. I literally thought about it for like a year. And I'm like, man, why not? See, and that's a beautiful thing that you just said that, Trey, because – it goes into what we talked about on the last episode with being poor and passing over opportunities repeatedly. And there it goes to show like it was an opportunity on the table, but you waited to be able to, okay, let me do my due diligence. Let me do my research first before I dive head first into it. So it's just a beautiful thing because like everybody that's in the inner city to outside of the inner city, like, people literally get opportunities handed to them or just presented to them on a daily basis. And sometimes we may be able to look at it and be like, okay, was this an opportunity or was that an opportunity? Because sometimes we may not look at the opportunity as an opportunity, but that opportunity is most definitely a golden opportunity for people to be able to grow and develop. And just from me hearing your story right now, man, that's growth and development where you came from to where you at right now. And I just want to give you your flowers while you're here right now, man, because that's a beautiful thing and a, um, a beautiful sight to be able to see, man. Like you just paint a picture to the audience and to the people worldwide that we are um, reaching out to and talking to. So that's a beautiful way to be able to paint that picture to the audience. So I'm getting your flowers while you um here right now, man, most definitely. Appreciate it, Ron. Appreciate it. Yeah, so what is it like being a realtor? You know what I mean? Like, uh, like what are the steps, you know, that you have to take to become a realtor? Like, is it testing involved? Uh, you know, like, what are the requirements to be considered a realtor? So each state has their own things. So just for future reference, for everybody listening, I'm, I, I'm going to be talking about Indiana laws and regulations. I really don't know much about other states, but in indiana you have to have i believe it's 90 hours of, of of a certified class of licensed work so you start off going to they have classes online you can take nowadays or they have some places around that you can take in person i went to troyer school of real estate and that was in person for me and it was like during all the covid and everything so like classes getting canceled broke up but you know stuck with it got through it so shout out to him for that he got us through when all the regulations and everything was going crazy and we didn't know what was going on but uh we did that you so first you got to take a you got to take a class at the end of that class you you still got to take you take multiple tests throughout the class too and then you take a final class a test so you got to pass that once you pass that you still have to go on into an official test at like certified places have these tests like Ivy tech and Fort Wayne is one of them. And they schedule at certain times. You still have to take a state test and then a regional test, a national test. It's a national test. 
So a state test and then a national test. Once you pass both of those, you really start interviewing brokers. So, you know, like when you have a job, you get interviewed, like a production job, you the one getting interviewed. When when you're a realtor, you're you're the one doing the interview and you're offering the broker a service. So you you're gonna be making them money. So you need to be asking them the questions. Why do I why do I need to come? What service, what tools do you have to offer me? What education do you have that you can keep teaching me beyond school kind of mentorships all that type of stuff depends on the brokers what kind of splits do you offer for uh, new real estate agents what kind of coaching programs all that so going through your journey thus far coming up to this point from what i hear from you is a little adversity going through the process of becoming excuse me becoming a realtor agent so with that adversity coming to um, a realtor agent going through the pandemic time. So basically you showing people not only with your actions and with the words coming out your mouth right now, coming out to the people, but you face that adversity um, like head on, like one on one, like, OK, this is what we doing right now. Like this is the task. This is this is my focus point is to be able to get through this blockage right here. And sometimes or majority of the times. Um, a lot of people, when adversity come up and come their way, because everything ain't going to always be good. Like, everything ain't always going to be good. And people, like, have the notion to, like, to think that it may always be good. But sometimes, man, you're going to have that, 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 that season come around where things ain't going too good for you. But you got through the adversity to be able to become the realtor agent and to be able to uh, get through certain blockages. So, just for the people that's listening out there right now, I really want y'all to tune in to exactly what Trey is talking about and what he's presenting to the table. So just getting through adversity, y'all, because y'all could get through it. We didn't get through it. We're we going to continue to get through it. We're going to keep continuing to build. We're going to keep continuing to inspire. And that's, that's like, you can't, like, that's definitely, um, it, it, like, inspirational, um, just getting through adversity. But I'll let you uh, take it from here, though. Yeah, so my question was, uh, I heard you mention a couple of things. You said a real estate broker. So what's the difference between a broker and a realtor? And then also you mentioned splits as well. So uh, how do realtors technically get paid? Is it W-2, 1099, you're an independent contractor? Like, how do realtors get paid? Okay. You want me to answer that one first or you want to go with the real estate uh, broker versus? However you want to start it, however you want to answer Okay. Well, we'll 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 do the real estate agent and the broker. So, and a realtor. So, all three of those terms, kind of really different. So, a realtor is an actual title. That means you're you're a person with a you're a real estate agent, and you're also a member of the National Association of Realtors. Technically, the term is the way you pronounce it is realtor. Realtors, nobody says that really, but that's how you technically say it. So the National Association of Realtors is something you have to join once you have your real estate license if you want to participate on the MLS as a real estate agent. So from there, the National Association of Realtors has different local branches. In Fort Wayne, Indiana, 
our local organization is Upstar, the Upstate Alliance of Realtors. So that's how you get that term realtor. That's what realtor means. This man, this person, this woman, whatever, is a member of the National Association of Realtors. Okay, so also, uh, what's the difference? Like, what are some misconceptions of real estate? Because, you know, you always hear, you know, a lot of people say, you know, they want to get into real estate, but nobody ever knows, you know, I'm sure there's pros and cons to being, you know, into real estate. Yeah, so going back to what Orlando said, that's why, man, that's why it took me so long to decide if I really wanted to do it. Because me, I I don't know about y'all, but me, man, I like to research. I like to know what I'm doing. I got to really understand what's going on. And for me, I like to I like to hit, hit, hit stuff like head on. So mm-hmm. I, I I really want to make sure I want to do something. So I, so when I, when I'm, when I'm having my trials and tribulations, I'm sitting here like, man, remember when you were sitting here and you, 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 you make yourself think about it, man. Like you do, you, how bad do you want it is the question. How bad do you really want it? Cause it's not easy. I, do, I do you desire it? Ooh, yeah, that's good, man. Cause like you saying, like, do you desire it? Like, exactly. how bad do you want it? So that definitely comes into play, man. And plus the hunger, because everybody don't come from the same walk of life. So it was just a beautiful thing that you said that, man, because that brings like so much. Because like when you ask people, especially if they had a job or anything that you doing this walk of life, and you ask them like, um, like, like who you do it for, or why are you here, or wherever the um case may be. And nine times out of ten, they say, well, I'm doing it for my children or I'm doing it for my kids. But at the end of the day, like sometimes like we got to sit back and really think for self. Like there's nothing wrong with working a job or wanting to better yourself um, to be able to have a better circumstance for your children and things of that nature. But in order to be able to leave something behind for your children, like you can leave real estate, and that's why we on the um air right now talking to y'all about real estate. You could leave land, you could leave your children behind a life insurance policy. So it's just you gotta be able to think about the things that we're doing while we in the um while we're in the test of the times and we battling tests like every single day. But it's just how you be able to um hold up. What type of character do you have? Do you have integrity or? Do you want something that's easy? Do you want something that be be able to be able to bit pop pop into the microwave, or do you want to slow cook it, or do you want to put it in the oven? It's just how you want it. How how do you want it per se personally? So for me, I don't want nothing quick and easy because the only way that's quick and easy it leads you down one road. But we all know where that go. So yeah. And I'm actually glad that you talked about that and mentioned that because I want people to really start listening to, you know, what we're saying or what other people are saying right now. And also, uh, this is something that a lot of people need to take into consideration. The times of going to a factory, you know, doing manual labor or just going to, you know, a typical job in order to make a, you know, honest living, those days are pretty much over. We're getting into a climate where you're going to have to use your head uh, more often than not in order to, you know, really get by, especially now 
and going into the future with, you know, inflation and uh, job wages being a way that they are like $20, not even really $20 an hour anymore. So in order to really, you know, make a living, you know, we want to start using our heads a lot more and thinking of ways to uh, create, you know, other streams of income without having to, you know, go to an employer or, you know, use our back and our manual labor in order to, you know, make a living to provide for ourselves and our kids. Right. So I think the one question was the difference between a broker and a realtor. So, or a real estate agent, real estate agent. So a real estate agent is someone who has a professional license to help people buy, sell, you know, rent, all any really type of housing in real estate. So, like I said, to get that license, each state has their own, like, pre-licensing training and courses and hours. But so once you complete those, you pass those all those exams, you join your brokerage and all that, you get the title of real estate agent. So a broker is someone who's taking their education beyond the agent level. And they, they, each state has their own requirements for that also. So. It's similar to real estate exams, like the real estate agent exams, but each state sets its own like broker education and exam requirements. So the extra coursework covers stuff like ethics, contracts, taxes, insurance, stuff like that. Uh, Brokers also learn about like legal issues and how law applies to operating a brokerage, real estate investments, construction and property management. So to sit in for a broker's exam and obtain the licensure for that you must real estate agents must already have a certain level of experience under their belt typically it's around like two to four years so you have to have your real estate agent's license you have to be a real estate agent for at least like two to four years before you can start your own brokerage in most places okay and uh i had a question because you know a lot of our viewers or listeners might not actually know the difference between uh, commercial residential properties and you know commercial and residential real estate. If you could explain the difference between that as well. You said the difference between commercial and residential? Yeah. So commercial and residential real estate. I mean, residential, you're dealing with like... Uh, like the the average person would would be considered residential. You're talking about houses. You're talking about land. You're talking about renters. Now, as commercial, that's business like hospitals, assembly plants, warehouses, shopping centers, office spaces. So, on one, you're dealing more with businesses and bigger contracts on the commercial end of, end of things. Uh, you might have to come with different um, zoning requirements, different laws you need to know, ordinances, local ordinances. Every local place has their own thing. That's why if you notice in Fort Wayne, where are all our strip clubs at? Out north. They By the all... Coliseum. Yeah. Out north. Different zoning requires you can't you can't have a strip club in certain areas, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So my next thing is, so which one would be more lucrative? Like, 
do people tend to choose, you know, you know, the commercial end more? Do people choose residential more? Like, does one pay more than the other? Or, uh, you know, do you think you should have exposure to both? Like, or do you practice both? Uh, people usually try to specialize in either one or the other because, like I said, once you start get, if you want to be great at what you do, you got to know it like the back of your hand. You know what I mean? Like, so to know both of them, I mean, there's people that can do both, but to know just commercial, like beyond the average person, you got to really know all these ordinances and zoning requirements and all this. So your knowledge should be that good to where you're, you're really just focused on this. So when you're doing residential the same way, you should know stuff that it's hard for the average person to know, but you've done your research, you've done your studying. So it'd be, I mean, people do it. But that's kind of just like not into like a like you're saying lucrative type of thing where you can do both. Most people just focus on one. Okay, that was awesome right there, man. And I also have a question for like any like like beginner. So like say if I come to you, right? I'm Orlando, so I come to you and I'm looking to to be able to get a um, home. So how long will that, like, will that process take to walk through all the, um, walk through all the uh, procedures and steps to be able to get this home? So how long does that like normally takes? And like, say if you have bad credit um, and you're trying to get a home, but you had a good job that you made 20, $25 an hour, but your credit wasn't too good. And maybe your credit was at a 575 or a 550. Yeah. So different. Um, it's OK. We'll start with, like you said, you're, you're coming to me as a first time home buyer. You want to say you're a first time home buyer? Do you want to go it that way? Yes. All right. Uh, so first time home buyers, there's a few different programs that different. Um, let's say different. Loan companies uh, can can offer. So one of those would be a USDA loan, which is like the urban housing development program. So that has to be like outside of like city limits and different different limits. They have their own like requirements to where the house has to be. That's why in Fort Wayne, you see people that move to like Huntertown or Ossian or just small towns outside of that limit, that zone, because they're trying to build up the rural community a little bit. So they offer more incentives for people to move outside of the city because people are going to move in the, live in the city regardless. Right. So that's one of the programs for them. A lot, Another super popular one a lot of people know about is the FHA, the Federal Housing Assistance Program. So for that program, they usually require about 3 to 5% down. So it's good for first-time home buyers because you don't have to have a, you know, a super ton of money, a lot saved up a big amount of money saved up depending on how much the house is you were buying. Um, the credit scores for that, like if you're only putting like three to 5% down, you can do like a 580 or higher they can work with, I believe. Now, if you wanted to make a bigger down payment, like a 10% down payment, your credit score can be, I believe, low as a 500. So when, so coming into it, and how would like say if a person didn't want to um pay a p uh pmi so how would a person 
like how will a person be able to avoid paying a PMI? Like what type of percentage will I have to put down to avoid that? So for y'all who don't know, he's PMI is the primary mortgage insurance. So for an insurance company or a loan loan company to loan you that much money and be like, well, you don't have to have insurance. We good on it in case something happened. You got to put 20, I believe it's mostly 20% down depending on the loan type. Okay. Or once you get to the, the, the part where you I think you're paying about 20% of it off, you no longer have to carry insurance because if something happens, they like, well, I can get at least 80% of that house. If I just sell it, you know, the house is still there. That primary mortgage insurance is for like, okay, I owe a hundred thousand dollars on this house. That's only worth a hundred thousand. If something happened to me, now the bank got to try to make up they whole hundred thousand. But if I don't paid it down to eighty thousand, that's twenty percent. So if I don't paid it down to eighty, the bank like, okay, well I can, you know, I can still sell that for a hundred. I can still make my money. So as long as they covering themselves, right. That's a lot of money to be talking about with no insurance. So, yeah, they want to make sure you covered enough of it for them before they take some insurance off of it, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, Next thing would be, okay, so like you said, Orlando, you know, he asked about being a first-time home buyer and, you know, what programs will he qualify for. So the next thing I would want to ask is, so what could a person that's – you know, looking to buy a home in the near future, what could they do to prepare themselves, you know, so when they come talk to you as a real estate agent, you know, they're looking to buy a home, what are something they could do to prepare themselves, you know, for, you know, for that process before they even walk into the office so that when they get there, you know, they can hit the ground running rather than, you know, having to wait six months, you have to tell them to, you know, fix this on their credit or yeah, yeah. this. And that. So first things first, save, 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 save as much money as you can. Of course, the more money you have, the more options, the more different type of plays we can put into action for you. Like I said, depending on your credit score, I mean, depending on how much you put down depends on what your credit score needs to be in some situations. So if you got more money, your credit score might not need to be as good as somebody with no money because what do we re- we need to, we need to make sure our investment's safe. So if your credit score is low, but you got a lot of money, you can still cover me a little bit you make me feel safer as the bank somebody with no money and a bad credit score it's like well where am i getting my money like how am i how am i make sure i'm safe so that's why they want your credit score to be up if you ain't if you don't have a lot but so first thing i would save 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 as much as possible also like i'm saying work on that credit score i would try to be at least at a five fifty six hundred area Really, the 600, really strive for the 600 at least. Okay. And then, uh, so I've been, you know, seeing, you know, it's been all across the news, you know, the real estate market is booming right now. You know, houses are, you know, people are getting outbid. You got cash buyers right now. You know, the housing market went crazy, you know, during the coronavirus and it's still kind of hot this year. So do you see that momentum? Uh, to move forward or you think we you know might see a little bit of a cool off you know in the housing market so what you know do you think this will be a good time to buy right now with everything you know 
being as high as it is, or do you think people should, you know, kind of wait until things cool down before they look at buying a home? So, uh, man, I always say there's no time like the present. It's hard to predict the future. Y'all deal with stocks. Y'all know it's hard to predict the future, especially in real estate, stocks, stuff like that. Because, first of all, they kind of play hand-in-hand a little bit. They affect each other. Um, I I personally don't see the, the real estate market changing suddenly. I think we'll have a, f- a few indicators before we, before we see it shift. Right now, like you said, the market is crazy, especially in Fort Wayne. Inventory is low. But so it's a seller's market. So sellers are selling houses for more than they've ever sold before. Now, I can see why a lot of buyers would be scared of that, but look at the other side. What if it doesn't come back down? What if this is the new floor? So hard to predict. So does that mean like making new comps in the in the surrounding neighborhoods or does that mean that or no? I'm glad you brought that up. Yes, exactly. If something sells for that, isn't that the new comp? That's rhetorical. I mean, you don't have to answer that. So if you keep, if we keep selling stuff at an all-time high consistently, wouldn't that make the comps what they are now? So wouldn't that be the new the new norm? That's what that's what a lot of people are thinking. That's what a lot of people are starting to like look at. That's why I'm like, that's why I always say there's no time like the present because if you wait because you're saying they all time they they too high right now. What if these comps? What if these all these sales become the new comps, like you said? So does so that so also does that also mean if the comps are raising in the surrounding neighborhoods, does that 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 necessarily mean that the price goes up? But does does that necessarily mean that the volume goes up in the surrounding neighborhoods, or is it just a price point? You said the value. Yes. I'll, see, for real estate, man, it's just like a lot of things. It's worth whatever somebody's willing to pay for it if they can afford to. So we, we use comps for the average home buyer, people with loans and whatnot. But right now, we're seeing a lot of cash buyers, a lot of investors coming in to buy stuff. So if they pay in cash, they don't need a loan. They don't need They don't need to talk to the bank. They don't care. What a comp says, they got their price, they're doing their own research. They they might use a comp, but they can still offer 10 grand more than a comp. You know what I mean? And then yeah. that becomes a new comp. So now it's just basically a game all inside of the game, all inside of a game that you Literally. got able to <laughs> be able to learn, but not only be able to learn it, but take time and have that dedication. Because when you first start off and you actually do something, to me, that's history being made. It don't have to be nobody else's history. That's fine. That's cool. But when we come over here to Legacy Kings podcast, we're going to do for self and we're going to think for self. So if that's history being made, that's your history. So you're going to make your history. You're going to build your history around you and your family and have your milestones and have your game plan and have your vision for your family. Right, right. So 
of course the real estate market i mean it's so it's just like you know they got different different uh stock stock market experts quote unquote it's different opinions out there so you'll hear different things who's right nobody knows but until it's until it's there that's the crazy it's it's all opinions it's all opinions but educated opinions yes calculated risk exactly okay and is there you know anything else you would like to give insight on you know and you know give the people some more information on before we you know get ready to close out tonight i got a few things man. i i I don't think i really answered the questions to be honest on some of them like let me let me uh give y'all the rundown on the first time home buyer process so what you need to start to finish so before you figure okay i want to go buy a house like i said you want to save 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 try to get your credit score up now you can either contact a realtor or you can go straight to a loan officer unless you got cash unless you got cash saved up then you just contact straight the realtor but for the normal person the average person like me you you had to contact uh i went straight to a loan officer so I went to a place called Ruoff. It's real big in Indiana. Ruoff of Indiana is a mortgage company. And the first thing they do there is get you started with a pre-approval. Now, some realtors have different loan officers they work with. So if you already know a realtor, just contact him. He'll probably get you with the loan officer he likes working with or one he knows that he trusts can do the job properly. Because the, the most important thing is that is that pre-approval. So then the realtor can customize the search for you. We know how much you have that you that you have to to buy a house, to how much you need to put down, what what loans you have that might not qualify for a certain house. So this literally helps us customize the search to you and what you want for your family or just yourself. So that pre-approval letter is super key. Once you have that pre-approval letter you're really once you get connected with a realtor if you didn't already you're you're ready to go start searching after after you find your house that's when you start working with your your loan company so you really want to have somebody that you trust your loan officer is going to be like your best friend all the questions on how much money i need to do this how much money for this, for inspections, for appraisals, for when are we closing? Your realtor knows some of these, but a lot of the money aspect, a lot of people get, that's one of the misconceptions right there. You asked me where are some misconceptions. A lot of people think the realtors know all this. We know some of it, but a lot of it's different for each person. So the loan officer is going to be your best friend when, when it comes to numbers on how much I need to put down, how much I need to have saved. What my what does my credit score need to be? Your loan officer plugs all these numbers in and can find you the best type of loan to work with. And typically, does the uh, the loan officer, you know, end up making the ultimate decision, or does the uh, underwriter? So your loan officer, if he's a good one, he's been through underwriting a lot of times, so he's going to prepare you as best as possible to get to through underwriting. But at the end of the day, underwriting is always the final decision. Unless you have that clear to close, nothing's final. 
it still has to go through underwriting. That's why they even have a special pre-approval called an underwriting pre-approval. They'll send your pre-approval through underwriting. That makes your pre-approval letter even stronger because people know you've already made it through underwriting. So you're really ready to go. So if I got the underwriting pre-approval, typically the people, I know a lot of people debate about this. So say you get the underwriting approval, you get the pre-approval. Do you end up going to a local credit union or do you end up going to say a traditional bank like your Chase or your Wells Fargo's? You you can see, see that's where different uh, different local organizations. For me, I prefer personally. Just my opinion. Disclaimer: I don't make money from any of these places. But personally, I'd rather deal with something local rather than just some mainstream franchise like like a a big bank. I won't say any names, but. I'd rather deal with a local organization because they know what type of neighborhood I'm talking about. They know what what they they know what neighborhoods you're talking about when you go in there and you say oh, I'm looking for pre-approval to get pre-approved. I want to buy a house over in this area. So I always deal. With, I, I like dealing with local, or I like dealing with specialized places that just that's just not actual banks. Also, so like I mentioned, Ruoff earlier, that's a straight mortgage company. That's all they do is work with mortgages. You can go one of these big banks. They're dealing with customers with everything. It's not just catered towards mortgages. So when I go to someone like Ruoff, I expect them to be the best of the best because they're, that's all they do. Okay, so I got a question for you, Trey. And my uh, question for, for you that I have is, say if I'm working, but I have X amount pit up, and say one day you get tired of your job, you like, oh man, I just can't take this no more, and you quit your job. But you now you're in the process of looking for a home. So how does that work? Do you have to stay in the same field or a line of work that you previous once did, or like how did that? How does that process um play out? I'm glad you brought that up. Also, uh, your 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 pre-approval, you're gonna need a solid at least I think. Ye- Possibly two years. I know a year for sure. Possibly two years of solid work history. So once you're uh, once you're pre-approved, you don't want to make any changes until you clear the close on the house. Don't don't do anything as far as switching jobs, opening new credit cards, go buying a car. Don't do anything. Okay, so basically. From what I'm hearing and also from what the viewers are hearing, not technically like take crap from the employer, but just knowing your vision and knowing your goals and knowing that you're getting this home because you're going through the process of getting it. So just hold off until everything finalized. And then once things finalized, then they could go off onto their next journey or to their next job or say if they're an entrepreneur or just doing for self as what we preach here is just doing for self and thinking for self and not only doing that, but applying the information that we give to y'all on a daily basis. That's either game or just basically the, the, the information that we table to y'all. So I want y'all to be able to not only retain it. I want y'all to be able to hear this episode more than once. I want y'all to be able to um, have it on replay. So just, just, Y'all didn't pick up the gems 
that was um, presented to y'all today on this brilliant, wonderful nepotism episode today. And also, y'all just sparked another uh, question for me, you know, as far as mentioning that. Uh, so my next question would be, right now, uh, yeah, as we just seen with the job numbers, I believe it was August, uh, we had a record number of people quit their jobs. You know, like 4 million people quit their jobs back in August. Right. So, you know, that's typically meaning, you know, a lot of people are going to the self-employed route, you know, or doing a gig work. So, you know, we have more people opening up uh, businesses right now. And you have a lot of people, you know, doing your uh, gig work, like your Ubers, your Lyfts, DoorDash, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, typically how does a self-employed person purchase a home? So self-employed people, usually I think it might be the same, like a year or two, at least you definitely have to at least be a year. I'm pretty sure. Cause they want to see for a self-employed person, what is it? What is the tax form for a self-employed uh, 1099 or 1098 or something? Yeah. I know off the top of your head. 1099. Yeah. You're 1099. So they want to see the numbers. The loan, the pre-approval people, man, it's all numbers. That's why I said you don't want to do any like like Orlando said, do your thing after you close, after you get out that as soon as you get off the table, do your thing. Go tell your job, I'm gone. But once you get pre-approved, don't change a thing because that changes the entire pre-approval. You gotta go pre-approved, get pre-approved all again. It's gotta get processed all again because everything changes. So they literally just want to see these numbers, man. If you qualify with the numbers you're doing on and you can show them you consistently been doing this with your 1099, you can get a loan. If you if they know your business, of course there's gonna be some other forms probably different depending on the loan, depending on the loan company. But yeah, I mean it's all numbers for them, numbers and credit score. They just want to feel safe, protected with their money. Cause uh, buying a home is believe it's a high number it's it's probably over 80 percent of people's biggest purchase of their life like think about it what else what else you gonna buy that's that expensive besides a car so it's like them are like like some like the main things that a person will really want because they want at least have 10 years of a decent quality car so like you said trey coming into a house and coming to a home and getting land and so when you're a person and when, when you have that, do you have the air rights to it as well, too, as the mineral rights or. Right. So like the median, the median price of a home right now in September of 2021, the, the houses that just sold and for sale, the median price was two hundred thousand dollars in Fort Wayne. Where else are you spending that type of money? It's not it's. It's not off. It's it's not often. It's not often, man. You got to be balling. You spending that type of money on a car. Absolutely. So, I mean, hopefully that's where we're headed. But you know what I mean. <laughs> a house is is crazy. But depending on the contract that you buy, to answer your question, depending depending on the house that you buy, that will all be in your purchase agreement. All your disclosures, whether you have what type of rights you have on that land. So, so you want to, that's where your realtor comes in hand. When, when he, when he's looking at all these contracts and all these, or she, he's looking at all these documents. Cause you can, you can buy a house. And like he's saying, you don't own the dirt. And we gotta be able to 
that's what I'm saying. Think for self and do for self, but not only think and do for self, but we have to take that time out to pause life and to be able to research the things that's important and that's viable because that's volume over the price. Because when you get in the price of something, everybody know the price of something, but not too not too often that people understand and know about volume, know and understand about equity and things in that nature. So when you get equity inside of this home and it keep continuing to increase, like people kind of have that little slight idea like what equity is because you could have equity inside of your stock as well too and people don't know that and then when it comes down they be like oh i'm losing my money i'm losing my money no in the stock in the stock market you don't lose your money you just coming down on your equity that you have with inside of this company and or that's on the ipo so i just want to give y'all that game and, and drop that gem in there for y'all just in case if y'all missed that so just replay it back like i uh, stated before but um go ahead ssj Okay, uh, so you know, do you want to you know go ahead and give the people your social media handles and you know the contact information? Okay, in case you know they had you know more questions, or you know if they wanted to contact you about purchasing a home, uh, go ahead and give them your social media, you know handles and your contact information. You guys can find me on Instagram at twenty one underscore tre, twenty one underscore tray on Instagram. My website is traystaples.kw.com. So T-R-E-S-T-A-P-L-E-S dot K-W dot com. And just one more thing. Uh, a lot of people ask me, how do they become a realtor? How do they how do they do what I do? My first thing is just, man, please make sure it's what you want to do. Like I said, because it's, it's going it's gonna to test you. It's going to be times you, where you want to quit. But if you don't really want it, you will quit. So make sure you want it. Make sure you want it bad. But a lot of a lot of misconceptions is that it's easy. It's not easy. It can get expensive. And it can get very expensive. So just make sure you want to do this what you want to do. Make sure you research it. If you have any questions, like I gave you the social media, just contact me on my website or my social media. Happy to answer any more questions. Okay. And before we go. Uh, we will also like to, you know, thank Trey because he created, you know, for a limited time, you know, digital real estate flashcards for our listeners so that you guys can learn more about real estate and the definitions he and other people in the real estate industry, uh, you know, use on a day to day basis. So in order to get those flashcards, you could go to www.legacykings.net to check those flashcards out. Like I said, it was going to be for a limited time. I'm sure they're going to, you know, go pretty quick. And we're not going to, you know, have them on a website forever. So go ahead and, you know, buy those right now. And we also have other financial literacy flashcards as well. We know we have the stock market flashcards. We have life insurance, crypto, credit, just to get you guys uh, well-rounded with financial literacy. And we would like to, you know, thank all you guys for listening to another episode of the Legacy Kings podcast. Please like and subscribe to our podcast so you guys will be notified each and every time we drop a new episode. And again, make sure you visit www.legacykings.net and show your support. We appreciate you for listening. And also, we want to give a 
disclaimer, uh, none of the information that Trey gave today was, you know, for advice on, you know, purchasing a home. It was more so for educational purposes only. Uh, you know, he's not your real estate agent or realtor at the moment, unless, you know, you guys, you know, contact one another and, you know, move forward with the home buying process. So we would like to thank you again for listening to tonight's episode. Uh, until next time. All right, thank you guys for having me, man. All right. Appreciate you. And signing off. And you can also follow me at, at legacy underscore Kings 21. All right, and my Instagram handle, the T-H-E dot S-S-J underscore on Instagram and TikTok. And once again, we appreciate you guys for listening. See you on the next episode.